Hello and welcome to the Yoga Marketing Show, the first podcast dedicated to turning yoga teachers into yoga marketers. My name is Esme. I am a web designer, digital strategist by trade, but I'm also a yoga teacher and a business coach to purpose-driven entrepreneurs. I first came to yoga to overcome a rare nervous system disorder, and I know that yoga can be deeply transformative. So I am all about empowering yoga teachers just like you to create a prosperous business that allows you to serve and pay your bills, all while helping people like me who need to get healthy through yoga. And we all know if you want to have a thriving business of any kind, you pretty much need to have a website, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. So this podcast episode is for yoga teachers, yoga studio owners who already have a website. If you don't already have your yoga website, I strongly encourage you to go over to my website, esme.com launch, and get my free PDF that will walk you through creating a website step-by-step from the ground up in just seven days. You don't have to learn how to code, you don't have to learn Squarespace, and you don't have to hire a designer. All the information that you need is in my free guide, the designerless website launch sequence. You can go over and get that at esme.com launch. Once you have your website framework up and running, come back to this episode. Now, for everybody else who's already got your yoga website, we are going to get into the five areas of your website that are so important that without them, without optimizing them, you can really be hurting your business. Your website doesn't have to be fancy. Far from it, in fact. I'm a minimalist, so you'll notice that all the websites I build for myself and clients have that minimalist vibe going on. But you do need to have somewhere people can go to get more information about you. People are much more distrustful of businesses and service providers that don't even have a simple landing page. I know if I'm looking for a business, I'm far more likely to use the one that has a website than the business that doesn't. A website gives the customer an idea of what to expect. And the yoga industry is no different. If I'm going to a new studio, I'm far more likely to go to the one that has a web presence than the one that doesn't. I don't like feeling like I'm going into a business without any idea of what it's really like, no matter what the business is. So use your website to boost credibility and engage visitors before they even show up as students. And doing this is not as hard as it might sound. There are five parts of your website that you need to pay attention to, and once you get those down, the rest will be so much easier you're going to think you're cheating. So. Number one is your about page. Your about page is one of the most read pages on your website. New students want to know your story. They want to know who you are, what you're all about, and what makes you different from all the other yoga studios out there. A good about page needs to have your story, your personal story, an image of you, the business owner, And if you run a brick-and-mortar studio instead of just an online studio, you should also have images of the studio itself. This helps the students paint a picture of what to expect. 
It's helpful on your about page to also indicate why you came to yoga. What started you on this journey? Was it mobility issues? Was it weight loss after pregnancy? Try to cultivate that emotional connection with your website visitors. If you're registered with Yoga Alliance or have any other professional certifications, your about page is a good place to put them. Even if they're elsewhere on the website, which they should be, this ensures people who end up on your about page first will see your certifications. Number two is your contact page. So this may seem like common sense, but I can't tell you how many times a contact page is overlooked. A contact page lends incredible amounts of credibility. Sites without contact pages tend to look more like a fly-by-night business that's not really going to be around much longer. Your contact page needs to have your email, and for brick-and-mortar studios, <clears throat> excuse me, for brick-and-mortar studios, it should also have your address and phone number. This is a good place for you to put your social media links, which should also be elsewhere on your website, but you should have them here as well. Many people will opt for a contact form instead of an email address. I am a believer in making both available. A contact form will make it that much faster for people to get in touch with you. They don't have to open their email, type in your email address, they don't have to copy and paste. They just fill out the form and send off the email. But not everybody is comfortable with using a contact form. They may think that you won't actually get the message. They may think it just might disappear into spam. They may not trust it as much. So I also advocate for including your email address. Number three is the footer. The footer is so often overlooked and ignored by website owners, I can't even tell you. The footer is a tiny little area all the way down at the bottom of the website where most sites will just put their copyright information and nothing else. But given the way people usually skim and scroll through a website, having useful information in the footer will improve the user experience. Aside from your copyright information, your footer is a good place for social media links, your email address, links to other parts of the site that aren't important enough for the main navigation, and any disclaimers about affiliate products. Your footer doesn't have to be compelling. I mean, far from it. But don't just simply throw up your contact info and let it be. People looking for more information who are unable to find it will often look in the footer hoping to get the answers they're looking for. So make sure you take advantage of this valuable piece of website real estate. Number four is your classes page. Students need to know what types of yoga classes you offer, how often, and how much they cost. This page is where you do that. Many, many studios embed a scheduler that looks a lot like a calendar and just has the time and the name of the class. It's not uncommon to see 8.30 vinyasa, and that's it. That's all the information you get. Students need more information than that, especially new students. You don't want to be turning away new students because you didn't inform them properly. Some new students won't even know what vinyasa means. So you should very, very strongly consider including short class descriptions for each of your main classes. It's also worth considering that some new students are nervous they will be ignored or they won't get in-depth instruction if the class is too busy. For those students, it's nice to indicate what classes are best for total beginners, someone who has never, ever, ever done yoga before in their life. 
because these students are the ones who are going to need the most support. And if you do it right from the beginning, they can become lifelong students of your studio. Some other things you need to include on this page are the primary style of yoga that you teach, whether or not your classes are open level, your rates, your private session information, which if you don't do private sessions, let me tell you, you should do private sessions. That's a topic for a whole nother podcast, but private sessions are vastly important to any yoga teacher who is really trying to stand out and create a prosperous business. And also consider links to the teacher bios on your class page so people know who is teaching what and whether or not they're going to jive because not every teacher is for every student. That was a hard lesson for me to learn, but it is a very valuable lesson to learn. And last but not least, number five is an email list opt-in. So whether you're embracing content marketing and blogging on your site or not, you should be at least embracing email marketing. When you email students on a semi-regular basis, you're building top-of-mind awareness. This can be useful for bringing students back who have been taking some personal time. This is good for cultivating your community, arranging community events, and simply being of service to your community members. You should also have multiple opt-in opportunities throughout your website. In the very least, you should have one on your homepage. Consider putting one on your About page and your Classes page. Give visitors multiple opportunities to join your list so they can build a stronger connection with your studio. You are doing them a favor by providing a chance for them to opt-in. And I advocate for doing it on multiple pages because not everybody who comes to your website will see your home page or your about page or your classes page. Some people will show up on a random page from wherever they came in on, from Google or on social media. So make sure you're giving people an opportunity to connect regardless of how they show up on your website. Just these five areas of your website can make a big difference in the user experience the effectiveness of your website, and can go a long way to legitimizing you in the eyes of new students. So your mission for this podcast episode, should you choose to accept it, is to sit down in front of your website and implement at least one of these changes in the next 48 hours. And then, if you're up for it, send me a tweet. Hit me up. My username is at Esme Walsh. And let me know what you did and send me a link. I would love to see it. And as a reminder, if you don't have a website and you listened all the way through this episode, kudos, number one. And number two, head on over to my website, esme.com launch and get your free guide to help you create your professional website framework from the ground up in seven days or less. Because getting your website up and running no longer means you need to have a web designer. You can do it. The tools are there. They're at your disposal and you can take charge. Till next time, thank you so much for joining me. Namaste. At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. 
We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool. The internet has changed, so should the way you bank. PNC Virtual Wallet for Digital Banking. It's time for a change. Now through March 31st, earn up to $300 when you open and use a select new virtual wallet product. Simply establish a qualifying direct deposit. To learn more, visit a branch or pnc.com slash checking offer. PNC Bank. Make today the day. Virtual Wallet is a registered trademark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association member FDIC.